Welcome everybody back to Friar Talk. Right now it is going to be me, Matt, and Chase. Um, I think Isaac's going to hop on in the middle of the episode and I think Chase might have to hop out. So probably not going to have a super long episode today, but we wanted to do a quick recap because this was an incredible series when you're looking at it from the Padres perspective, coming off of getting swept by the Rockies, which looked very, very rough. You have the Manny Machado injury, which now it seems like isn't as significant as we initially thought. And then you come out and you get a big time sweep. You get some offense out of, you know, a bunch of the guys in the bottom of the order today, Jose Azucar, what a phenomenal game today. And of course, the big guy of the series, of course, Jorge Alfaro. I already see some some quotes in the uh, in the chat about Alfaro and definitely, definitely deserves that. But super fun series, nice bounce back. Uh, Clev looked pretty good today. Uh, Manaya looked good. Like, I, I think you're seeing a team that's, that's going to be able to hang on and is going to be really solid. So very happy about this series. But Chase, how are you feeling about it? I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, it was just a really good series. Manaya pitched well outside of really the Grisham trying to dive for a ball he probably shouldn't have. The Padres played great baseball. And you see guys like Kim, Grisham, Alzo Card today went insane, but bottom of the lineup started to prove. Nola had some timely RBIs. Abrams got, finally got a hit. Alzo Card went three for five today. So. Just to look around, just because I know Kim's starting to finally, like, as soon as Machado went down, it looks Kim was like, oh, I need to step up. It looks like Kim had been stepping up. So I went to go see his stats. Would you like to guess what he's been hitting in his last 15 games? Dude, it has to be pretty high because his average is, what, like 230-ish, 240 now? And he was hitting, it's like, nearly 30. I would guess for how many how many games? Like two weeks, you said? Yeah, the past 15 games. 15 games, um, I'm going to say 270. Better. He's hitting really? 294 with a 393 on base and a 412 slugging. He has over an 800 OPS in the past 15 games, just quietly. Which I was very shook. I, I wasn't expecting that at all. So when I was like, wow, we were giving Kim a lot of, a lot of flack, but he's been doing really good, actually. So, um. Kim is starting to produce too. It's kind of great that, you know, one man went down, another man comes up and produces just kind of how the Padres have been and kind of what the Padres still need to do. I mean, it looks like Machado is going to avoid the IL stint. Uh, they have despite tomorrow, but Bomel said it looks like he's going to avoid that. So it just is nice to have one man go down and another man completely take his place. Yeah, and that was something that we were talking about, and we talked mostly about Abrams kind of filling that void, but it doesn't have to be, like, just him. Um, I see some chats about him. We'll get to Abrams in a second here, but, I mean, Kim hitting 294, that is extremely surprising. Um, and a lot of those are infield hits and, you know, like, hustle plays. I know he had the the liner. I don't I, – I, that was definitely an error. I think they probably called an error, but today he had another liner where it's, like, stuff off the no, glove. they but, actually ruled that a hit. The one today or the one yesterday? Yesterday, yesterday. the one that went off Luplo's glove. They called that a hit. They called it a hit. Dude, the hit, and they called, you know, they called uh, Grisham's a hit too. The one where Grisham dove and it was inside the parker. Yeah. They did not call I, it an error. I, I they don't didn't agree call with it. that. I don't agree with either calls of them being hits, but it's very hard for an outfielder to get uh, ruled with an error. That's so weird. That's Dude, that's like a blatant error. <laughs> the, the Grisham one, but... Yeah, I mean, I mean, him even doing good. I mean, that's that's pretty clutch. Um, I guess next week, and also this wasn't even like the the best group of starters for this team either. So to come away with the three wins, we didn't do a series recap for the Rockies. We didn't do a series preview for the Diamondbacks just because on Sunday it was Father's Day. We didn't have a chance to do it. And then Monday we we were talking about Machado instead. Um, we'll do a, a Phillies preview, but it's big when you can come away with these wins. And then looking a little bit ahead to the Phillies series. Um, where was it? Someone just commented. Here it is. Quan Pham. Musgrove, Gore, Snell, Darvish. That's pretty solid for, uh, to rock out there. I know Gore and Snell have been struggling, um, but it also feels like every single time Snell will leave the game and then like, he'll get like three or four more runs added to his, uh, to, to like to him just because someone comes in and allows a home run with guys on, um, which is kind of weird. Cause we've seen that Snell has a knack for getting out of those spots even though a lot of times he's not going to go more than five or six innings. Um, but Musgrove and Darvish on on the end days, that's huge. Also tomorrow, I know Isaac's going to be going to that game. That is a sweet game for Thursday. 
you have Musgrove starting and you have the Jake Cronworth bobblehead night. So that's very exciting. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is a, this is a good spot to be in for this team. I want to look at the standings right now. I haven't checked them re- like that much recently. Um, I know that the Dodgers were losing earlier. So right now the Potters are half game out um, in terms of wild card. Let's see. They're only behind the Dodgers and the Mets in the NL. So they're looking, they're sitting pretty right now. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm feeling real good about this team. Um, Grisham actually has been, was hitting a little bit today. He's not been that great offensively though. He had the home run in the, in the first game of the series. Um, Cronenworth last two games, 0 for 5, 0 for 4. Uh, so you, you won two games. You had some offense, not really on, on a Tuesday's game, but you had a lot of offense today and Cronenworth wasn't even producing and you don't have Tatis and Machado. So like that's massive to come away with wins in these games when you don't have your top three offensive players producing. Um, but it was, it was super good to get these wins. Um, let's talk about Jorge Alfaro a little bit though. So I was looking into just like the other catchers around the NL dude, Jorge Alfaro should be an all-star. It's that, oh, yeah. he, his numbers are the second best. It's wild, dude. It is wild. I think, um, yeah. who is it? Go ahead, go ahead. He definitely needs to DH more. That's all I got to say. I mean, Alfaro is hitting better than Voight. You can stick Voight at first base and put Alfaro at DH, and I think that's the way you rock. That's the way you rock and ride. I mean, Hosmer really hasn't been doing it. I know he hit a home run yesterday, but it's really just know what we're going to get from Hosmer. Alfaro's been hot. Void has been hotter than Hosmer. And it's just that uh, that and Profar cannot, and I repeat, cannot move from the leadoff spot. He went four for four today. So I'm going to tweet something after we hop off here. But I was looking at Profar's numbers in like different spots in the lineup. Um, let me find it right here. I have a, I screenshotted it. I'll tweet this right after we get off. But Profar, when he's hitting leadoff, He's hitting 340 with a 396 on base percentage, a 520 slugging, and a 916 OPS. Dude is ridiculous when he's hitting leadoff. I honestly feel like it's just the approach because we've talked about Profar's biggest strength is working the count. um, And when he's in a leadoff spot, it feels like that almost like that mindset of his approach is when he's able to be at his best. Do not move Dirksen Profar from the leadoff spot. He is. Clearly, been the best guy in that spot. I know we were hoping that Trent Grisham would turn into that guy. I, I don't even want them to try it for months to, to try to put Trent up there. I think you have to put uh, Profar there. Um, and then when Tatis comes back, it, it's really nice because last year we saw that like the offense wouldn't produce unless Tatis was hitting leadoff. If you can put Profar one, Tatis two, Crone three, Machado four, Void five, that is a really, really good one through five. If Profar is getting on base and he's almost getting on base when hitting leadoff at 40% of the time. So that is clutch. That is super clutch. Um, so yeah, I saw someone else was talking about hit, just like, don't move him from leadoff. Who was it? Uh, Arthur says, yeah, Profar at leadoff though. Yeah, it has been incredible. So you got to keep him there. Um, it also feels like when he's not hitting leadoff, he hasn't really been that good. That's the other part of it too. Yeah. Just everyone's kind of been clicking, and it's nice. And Azokar was like, you know what? I might get replaced by S3 Ruiz. Let me go a quick three for five and go a home run short of the cycle. That was crazy. I wasn't expecting Azokar to explode like that. I mean, he's definitely looking like he needs to get some more reps. I mean, as well give Grish a couple days off, let Azokar hit. I mean, he's just been hot. He does have under a 700 OPS. That is my only concern. He does not hit for any power at all. He's fast. He can play some defense, but man, he has like zero power. No, dude, it's really true. Okay, I see some people. A says, for All-Star, I don't know about that, but just being honest. Um, Lizzie says, it's a popularity contest. Hosmer has a ton of votes for All-Star. What? Yeah, he's like fifth for first baseman. But Tatis is fifth too. And Tatis has more All-Star votes than Hosmer, which is hilarious. Um, But you guys are bringing up some of this All-Star stuff. So the reason 
I say that Alfaro can be an all-star. So I'm going to pop this up right here. Let me share my screen. Um, dude, the catchers are not good. The catchers are not good at all. So, so check this out. Contreras is clearly making it. He's probably going to make it over Profar. But, like, look at these actual numbers. Profar, I mean, uh, Alfaro has slightly better numbers, doesn't play as much. Better, 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 better. But, like, he's been, Real Mutu has not been that good this year at all. Like, Holy crap, Will Tyler Smith, Stevenson. I guess. Tyler, but Tyler Stevenson's hurt. So you're looking at it, you're like, okay, Contreras is going to get the fan vote. But one of these guys is going to get to be a reserve. So, like, who are you taking? You taking Travis, taking Will Smith? Like, it's kind of it's kind of iffy. So, only thing I can say is, Fire Faith Ball, start, start writing in Jorge Alfaro as much as you can. So, um, so he can get some, some love there. But I, I don't think that's really the deciding factor. I think it's just determined by the manager. I don't think he'll make it. But he'll have a case if he stays hot come that time. So it's going to be really interesting how it sees how it plays out. But like you wouldn't have expected that, right? No, I know we were all like very questionable about Arfaro, or like he's going to be the left fielder. Is he really going to be doing all that great? You looked at his Miami, uh, his Marlins numbers. He was all right. And you're like, wow, we're trading for three catcher, or we're trading for another catcher. We already have. I think we had three at that point. So now you add a fourth, and you're just very questioning. And, and it turned out to work for the best. I somehow don't believe it. Um, Alfaro's just been crushing it. He loves San Diego. If you saw his interview last night, shout out Jorge Alfaro. That was a great moment. Um, it's just a little unbelievable. I mean, we weren't expecting this. It looks like he's going to be our DH love his personality he's got the flow he's got the swagger everything you want and he's just it's good for san diego it's good for the team yeah i mean i think that could definitely that could definitely be like what happens i think uh so lizzie just says uh they said hosmer's been practicing with three hitting coaches that is very interesting um i mean i get it he's he's been slumping horribly and you brought up that he hit the home run dude the first two at bats, oh my god, those those strikeouts on the curveballs in the dirt, dude, that was brutal on Tuesday. Um, but he does connect on one, and and you saw how excited he was when he hit it. Like he was high because he has been struggling. He has been in in the last like little bit. I believe that he has a twenty eight like a I forgot what it was. I don't know if it was WRC. I think it was no. I think it was OPS plus. It was OPS a twenty eight OPS plus for like two three weeks crazy crazy stuff right there um thank you for the super sticker olivia uh let's see what else we got here got some questions i see a trade question what do you think about Caesar's oh, no, question? No, hold on, hold on. yeah so go like ahead, before ahead. that someone said clint had said if alfaro had some speed he would have had a triple i don't think you guys understand alfaro is actually incredibly fast like his sprint speed is off the charts he's like in the upper 85 85th to 90th percentile for the MLB. He is fast. Don't get that twisted. Dude, he has 90 uh, percentile. No is he 90 percentile? 90. I mean, last time I checked it. Um, yeah, no, what he's do you actually crazy fast. Yeah, it's it's so it's so weird. And dude, it, well, he's also super strong too, just kind of a, a physical freak. Yeah. Um, I saw, uh, what is it, uh, Cespedes Barbecue, I think that's the Twitter account. They were like, dude, it's it's sweet to see Alfaro finally like balling out um, because he was he was a pretty high end prospect was he not like a, not recently but like quite a few years ago right I'm sure he was yeah I think so too um, so KOS uh, Caesar question what do you guys feel about this lineup if it were to happen um, I'm assuming you're just saying like in general the not like the order I think it's just position wise Profar left field so you keep him in left Benatendi in center. I don't like Benatendian center just defensively. Cronenworth uh, second, Machado third, Tatis shortstop, Voigt first, Contreras DH, Hap right field, Alfaro catcher. Um, I think it would be tough to get Contreras um, and Hap. I think you'd have to pay a lot. I really like the idea of bringing in one of Ian Hap or one of Benatendi, but you can platoon 
in right field, you can platoon Mazzara and Myers, and you're going to have a damn good player if you platoon those two guys. Because Myers struggles against some guys, but there are guys that Myers hits really well, and Myers typically is fantastic against lefties. Mazzara hits great against righties. They do not let him hit against lefties. There is a reason for that. They do not let him go up at the plate against them. So I think Mazar is kind of playing himself into a platoon role, which is really good to see in this spot. Um, but I don't know. What do you guys think about potentially adding Benatendi and then also Contreras and Hap? Um, and then in this case, I think what you're dumping Grisham and Myers. Isaac, you want to start out? You just yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. Um, I, I, I like the idea of adding Hap more than I do Benintendi. I think you get a little bit more power out of Hap. The thing with Benintendi, though, is that he hits for he hits for average. He's really good at getting on base. I know um, his OPS has kind of dropped a lot recently, but his last seven games kind of been back up there, 429 slugging, 355 on base percentage. That's easily over a 750. It's just uh, his last 15 games that have kind of hindered his uh, statistical production, but over the last 30, he's still over a seven, like a 730. So, like, but the thing about that is that he's getting on base 35% of the time while his slugging is 388. So, it's more so you're getting a guy that gets on base, plays good defense, and it's really one of those guys that would be a staple at the top or very bottom of your lineup in case you want to put, you know, Tatis at leadoff. Um, but you know, if you just want a guy that gets on base, you're going to get a lot out of Andrew Benintendi in that aspect, and you're going to be able to plug him into left field, right field, whatever it is. Um, hard to take out Jerickson Profar. I don't think they'll do it. That's why I don't. I really think we'll get more so more so somebody that plays um, that can play both both corner outfield spots. But um, don't think we're getting Contreras. I think we will get one of Hap or Benintendi or just an outfielder in general. So I don't think we need Contreras. I think we have our two catchers. I We are loving Jorge Alfaro right now. Um, Nola has actually had some pretty good timely hitting recently. Um, let me see his stats as of late. I know he's been hitting a lot better in the past seven games. I'm not sure about the past 15. But his defense speaks volumes. All the pitching staff loves him. You don't need to go out and get another catcher. You kind of hinder yourself in that aspect. I mean, I know Alfaro can play some outfield, but you don't need him to. So the past 15 games, Nola's hitting 283, a 375 on base, and a 370 slugging. In his past seven, he's hitting 318 with a 385 on base and 500 slugging. He's starting to heat up, it looks like. In his past 30, 242, 324, 316. Not hitting for a lot of power, but he's hitting for average, which is okay for a catcher. We don't need our catcher to hit for a lot of power when Alfaro's at DH and Void is playing first, which is realistically the best way to produce your lineup. So I think you can go for either Benintendi or Hap. I think both are good because Hap can play center. I don't know how well Benintendi can cover the ground in San Diego because he hasn't played a lot of center field. He's been playing a lot of left or right field and Hap is the only one that's been getting consistent reps at center. So that's the route I would go. And uh, just, I saw another good question. I think we needed to address it. Where'd it go? Right here. Uh, I'll start off because I got to leave after this, but guys, it's <laughs> two starts. It's two starts. It's against the Rockies. The Rockies historically have played the Padres well, no matter what. The Padres can have the top nine baseball players in histories, and somehow the Rockies will still beat them or have a close ball game. It's just the Rockies play the Padres well. I don't know what it is. It is two starts against the Rockies. I think he's going to be fine. I think his next game out, he's going to be shut down. I just consider the Rockies to be the Padres kryptonite. Uh, I don't think he's going to fall off. He might hit a little bump in the road now and again, but he's a rookie pitcher pitching in the bigs. I know if you look at his baseball savant page, it's it's all right. There's some blue in it, but he's fine. He's going to come around. His stuff plays in the MLB. He pitched against dominant teams and won for a reason. It's just like I said, the Rockies play the Padres well. I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I don't. I definitely don't think that. I, I think it's a good question, a good thing to bring up because we did yeah. see that with Ryan Weathers, where he came in and 
the whole fan base was super high. Like, oh, this dude is the next big thing. He comes in the playoffs and he starts the year out super hot. But if you remember, if you look kind of deeper into what his like metrics were at, if you looked at his baseball savant page, his it was horrible. Ryan Weathers, he had like a one ERA and his FIP was like six. It was bad. He was he was not he was not performing well. Um, a lot of hard contact, just two guys, basically just getting lucky. Mackenzie Gore, his fastball was either the best or the second best pitch for the duration of this uh, out of all of the pitchers for the duration of the season, basically up until the last couple starts. And now you see his baseball savant page has taken a hit. Well, that's because he got totally rocked in the last two games. He has still been fantastic. So I'm not super concerned about him in terms of him hitting another bump in the road. Um, I think Isaac, when we were, I don't know. I don't know if it was all three of us, three of us, or maybe just you and I, Isaac. Um, but we, when we did the uh, the series preview for the Rocky series, and I said I wouldn't be surprised if Mackenzie Gore got kind of rocked a little bit, and we see a little uh, bump in a road for a while. I think that if he struggles against the Phillies, I think that it's likely that they'll probably shut him down for a little bit. Not the whole year, not like that long. Maybe like a, maybe until the All Star break. But I do think it makes a little bit of sense just because they, they still have an innings limit on them. I, I think it's it was discussed that it was 120. Um, I think people kind of think that now it's going to be 140. Um, but even then, like he's not going to pitch the entire season. So, okay, let's take a little let's take a little breather. Let's go work on these mechanics. We've talked about how great Ruben Niebla is. And if that's the case, if that does happen, I don't think there's a reason to panic because I feel confident that when he comes back, if he does have one of those stints, He's going to look great again. I mean, we, we see the top in talent. I don't know if I ever felt the same way about Ryan Weathers. Like you would see like, okay, like, and I still think Ryan Weathers can have a, a promising future, but I think it's a lot different when you see the high end of McKenzie Gore. And maybe he doesn't even come out to be like that high end pitcher that we've seen like early on this year, but he's definitely got better stuff than Ryan Weathers. So I think it's a little bit different. Yeah, the only thing that concerns me, he's not hitting high, maybe not even high, but like 96, 98 consistently anymore. Everybody's starting to notice that his velocity is starting to go down a little bit. Um, but, you know, and I'm not I'm not trying to downplay what Gore's done, but this whole time it was very predictable to know that uh, he his, his ERA was going to go up eventually. It was going to be in the threes. Even before his past two starts, his, his expected ERA was like 3-4, 3-5. So... It was bound to happen. His expected ERA now is actually a four five, um, but when you look at it, you know his fastball going down in velocity and and the fact that he throws the fastball almost seventy percent of the time, I think it was bound for his for um, a, a spike in ERA. I mean, of course, it's against the Rockies. I don't know what it is with the Rockies. The Rockies tend to beat up on the Padres last year, this year, whatever it is. The Rockies do beat up on the Padres, but. Um, his fastball still a great pitch, still a negative 11 run value, but his worst pitch so far has been his slider with a batting – or no, sorry. It has actually been a changeup if you want to look at it in terms of batting average. His changeup has a 429 batting average against it, but in terms of run value, the slider has been the worst pitch. So, uh, I mean, I I kind of thought the whole, you know, all-star rookie of the year um, playoff starter thing was kind of premature. Um, maybe not the rookie of the year, but the all-star and and playoff starter was definitely 100%, no doubt about it, premature as hell because he was a rookie who had just gone through some major struggles, and I thought those expectations were far too high for Mackenzie Gore. But do I think he's going to be bad? No, I still think he's going to have a good season. I still think he's going to be around a 3-3, 3-5 ERA when it comes down to it. Um, he's just got to find his fastball velocity again. His stuff's got to be better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> deal. 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 That was quick. He got rocked recently. You guys see that? Did he really? Yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah, they, it was 5 3. I think it was either in he the 7th or the 8th. Beautiful. Yep. Two run home run. Dead center. <laughs> to to friend Mill, bro. It was lit. Yeah, it was friend Mill. We were, to, to be fair, we like one day when we weren't recording or right before we recorded. Um, we were looking at the baseball savants for like a bunch of different players. And for, for giggles, we decided to look at Emilio Pagans. And if you looked at it, there was some red where the red was supposed to, but the blue where it was blue was the worst part. So it was like max exit velo, the barrel percentage, the, um, 
it was like three blues and they were like the worst possible categories for a pitcher. And it's like, okay, yeah, Pagan's fastball looks great. But God, if he get, if anybody screws it up, it is going out no matter what. And apparently that happened. Uh, unfortunately, guys, I do have to go right now. So Matt and Isaac are going to go ahead and carry on without me. But it was nice being on. Yeah, so we'll probably go for, I don't know, a little while longer here. Um, dude, I don't know if you saw, but so going back to Mackenzie Gore, because I was I was I was a little excited. I was like, hey, I mean, if we look at the numbers right now, he's a playoff starter. Uh, but it yeah. makes sense that he wouldn't. Yeah. Be. I mean, it is true. Club's going to be back. Yeah. I thought Club looked pretty solid today. Um, yeah. I'm really excited. I know that you had brought it up a, not that long ago that he was the lowest starting pitcher in terms of opponents batting average, mm-hmm. um, which is super cool. I mean, and, and Clev's also been so good in the past and a very, mm-hmm. very consistent pitcher. So if he comes up to speed, um, we've talked about second half Blake Snell. If you see those two guys, like McKenzie Gore not being like super elite is not the, the biggest deal in the world. But um, I don't know if you guys saw, but on Friday, it's Aaron Nola versus McKenzie Gore. So he's got his work cut out for him uh, on Friday. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, hopefully, remember, uh, I know we've talked about this in the past, but you remember uh, Isaac when um, Chris Paddock was a rookie against Kershaw? Oh. What was it? Oh, my God. The phenom <laughs> versus the legend. Oh, guys, let me tell you about that game, man. So Chris Paddock, it was funny. We actually looked at Chris Paddock's re- uh, rookie numbers. Bro, they are fantastic. Now, did everything go downhill after that? Hell yeah, it did. <laughs> but I remember that game specifically. The Phenom versus the Legend was the whole headlines was all over ESPN and stuff. And the ending score was like 8-1. to one. And I was like, dude, what the heck happened? Um, yeah, that game was absurd. And, and, you know, going back to how when, when you were covering Mackenzie Gore and the whole playoff thing, it's just that, like, I, I truly think this. No matter what his ERA would have been, I don't think – it would have been smart to have a rookie go in consistently over someone like Joe Musgrove, who's played not only in the playoffs, but a world series. Same with you, Darvish, same with Blake Snell, same with Mike Clevenger. They've all done it before and they've all been very successful in their stints. So even now you look at it and it's like Joe Musgrove's having a Cy Young type season. You Darvish is having an amazing season. Blake Snell, second half Blake Snell is fantastic. Does he suck right now? Maybe, but um, is post-All-Star game Blake Snell really good? Yes, if you look at the numbers. Um, who's the other guy? Mike Clevenger. When we got Mike Clevenger, you look at all these trades, Darvish, Snell, um, Musgrove. Mike Clevenger came to the Padres with the lowest ERA out of everyone, and he was the best out of everyone coming to the Padres. So I just I, – I don't know, you know, you know, for how good Gore is. I understand he's amazing and stuff like that, and, and he was amazing at the time, but – that was just premature. Yeah, yeah, and that that's definitely fair. Um, I see a couple of questions here. Um, Jonathan Jonathan says uh, Lamet has looked a lot better. Yeah, dude, his yeah. last few outings have been really good. He he could easily be called up because this team needs a, a right-handed reliever pretty badly right now. I'd say. Um, let's see what else we got. Moraho needs to be a one-inning guy. Yeah, he looked good in the first inning. Then he loaded the bases, and they I think they scored. Two of his runs? How many earned runs did he end up getting? I forget. Um, But he definitely just kind of fell apart after that. I I think he's also still working his way back a little bit, Mm -hmm. so he might not be up to full strength for quite some time. Um, And we're bringing up a couple of relievers. Uh, We brought it up last video, but Jose Castillo, dude, you got to call him up soon. Dude, he's been been incredible. And not only in AA, but also in AAA, where you look at the team's ERA, and it looks like every guy has an ERA almost in the double digits. Um, and he's just like just been lights out theirs too. So I, I definitely want to see Jose Castillo called up sooner than later um, because he can he can be a really really good left handed relief option for this team. Um, what else we got? I see people talking about uh, Potters also can't hit when Snell pitches, dude. Not only Snell oh, but Manaya, dude. Mania, they can't. They give him yeah. no run support. It's brutal. Completely agreed for sure. Manaya loses like. So many of his starts, but he only gives up like two runs. <laughs> Going back to what you were saying about about the bullpen. Um, so the thing with Castillo is apparently they're ramping up his innings right now. So I do think we'll see him like come mid-July, you know, early July, something like that. But they're ramping him up again. Um, Denelson the Met, like you said, has been has been solid uh, down in the minors. Drew Pomeranz, I just saw Devin's question about Palm. He should be back soon also. 
uh, around July also. And then same thing with Pierce. So as a, like a, an influx, a beautiful thing, a beautiful pile of men <laughs> going and uh, joining the bullpen. So, you know, that's, that's a, that's a good thing to see for sure. Um, especially considering like, I hope Denelson the Met comes back. I really want him to come back. You need a right-handed pitcher. Like, I think our bullpen is really good, but it needs a right-handed pitcher. Um, and then the rest, they're all lights out. So, Yeah, Robert Suarez, too. They even mentioned him. Suarez, yeah, I forgot about Suarez. I don't know the update on him, though. Yeah, I'm not I'm not quite sure either. And also, I'm not super confident um, in Palm or Pierce. Like, I, Pier, Palm, is, it sounds a lot better, but I also want to see how he looks because last yeah. year he didn't look like the same guy. Um, and he was kind of up. It was the same deal with Lamette, but not to the to the full extent. Yeah. Um, going back real quick to Manaya, uh, Jonathan says he's gotten run support once. It's very true. Dude, you, start, know that, yeah. <laughs> you know that ten of his thirteen starts have been quality starts. Yeah, and he doesn't get any of the wins. It's ridiculous. Dude, none of them, man. He <laughs> gets screwed. Um, yeah, the so lefty starters that get no run support. Yeah, what's up with that? Um, yeah, true. Let's see. Let's see. Tatis, Machado and Tatis, I feel will be around the time we play the Dodgers in LA. That's in a couple weeks, right? That's not that's not too too long. That's before the All-Star break. So we play them, I think beginning of July, like the th- Oh, like a week. A week from yeah, tomorrow. Like pretty soon, yeah. Um, let me just check. Sorry. Probably not Tatis then. Not Tatis, but June 30th through the third is when we're playing the Dodgers in LA. And then we don't play them again till the fifth of august so by that time we will have tatis and machado we'll be uh, i mean i really do think we're better than the dodgers everyone in the chat do you guys think we're better than the dodgers matt do you think we're better than the dodgers i think our pitching staff is as our whole not just like the rotation but the whole staff i I think the whole staff is going to come around you brought up we said like six names for relievers that are coming up um and also if you look at the relievers like there's going to be a lot of relieving depth we talked about the starters. I think, yes, the pitching is. The hitting, the starters have one of the most stacked lineups of all oh, time, yeah. so it's kind of yeah. tough. Um, the Padres can definitely beat the Dodgers in a playoff series because I feel like when it comes down to it, like you want to have that high-end pitching. So, yeah, they're not, they're not going to finish. They're not going to get first, I don't think. I, I, I would find it very unlikely unless you – the Dodgers are pretty banged up, though, so you could come, a, like, come out in front with that. Um, but I think it's super close. I think both of them are better than the Mets. Um, but I think it's kind of a toss-up for one. Um, when they're both fully healthy, it, it's hard to because like what is it what's gonna look what what are these teams gonna look like at the deadline? Um, oh yeah. Because uh-huh. we were talking about it a little bit earlier, and I also think I, a video I want to do sometime is I want to talk about the positions, like the top positions that the Padres should trade for. Um, because the more and the more I think about it. I think they should go after a center fielder. Um, the Padres? Yeah, dude. I Because okay. I'm thinking about it. Like I'm like, okay, you can put these different guys in the corner outfield spots. Profile looks good. Mm-hmm. Your catcher spot looks good. You're getting all these relievers back. You have seven star- starters. So like, where are you really trying to get someone? Center field. Who are you trying to get? Probably Brian Reynolds. They're going after Reynolds, bro. I, I, I'm coming around to it, man. Guys, I'm all in. I'm all in on that, all right? I'm all in on Reynolds. You look at it. I mean, bro, how many times have we said it? Look, it's A.J. Preller. Every deadline, every offseason that the Padres have been in contention, supposedly, or a good team on paper, he's gone after a big name. Max Scherzer, I'm pretty sure he was going – I don't remember correct, like, for sure, but he might have been going towards uh, trying to trade for Turner also. Um but he's always going after these big names, man. I mean, you go. I'm gonna go back to the Dodgers really quick. Um, I just saw that. I'm pretty sure they've had the weakest schedule up to this point. They've had the weakest. Really? schedule. I mean, we're like bottom ten, and we've had one of the ten weakest schedules. But we're not by far and away the weakest schedule. Um, and we're only like half a game back, or maybe half a game up as of right now. I don't know. I'm pretty sure they play tonight, but. Um, They've had one of the weakest schedules in baseball. And now they're going to go a little bit without Mookie Betts and Walker Bueller. So then you look at it. Now we're going towards the part of the season. I just saw the remaining strength of schedules where the Padres have an easier schedule the rest of the way than the Dodgers do. Now what's going to be the biggest factor of who wins this division? 
September. September is going to be the biggest factor. That is why having essentially one of the freshest and healthiest bullpens in September is going to be such a big deal for this Padres team because right now, yes, you don't have many bullpen arms, but you're going to have so many guys coming back that, like I said, you're going to have one of the, the freshest bullpens in baseball. Not only that, you have like six or seven starters. If you keep going six or seven starters, you're going to you're going to have some really healthy starters come come down that road, come down September, October. You're going to have some really healthy um, starters that don't have many innings on them or as many innings as you'd expect. Now, the only concern is the lineup. The Dodgers, I fear, will make a big move. Will the, will the Padres make a big move? Do the Padres have the resources to make a big move? I think they do. I think they do. You look at the the, the farm system. Yes, it's a little top heavy. You might have to give up somebody that's one of those top heavy prospects. I like Reynolds. I'm willing, I'm all in on Reynolds. Um, but yeah, man, it, we'll have to see how it goes at the deadline. Um, we know, uh, and it absolutely amazes me that the Dodgers by far and away have the highest payroll in baseball and still need somebody, <laughs> still need a star to help them. Um, that is, I think, quite embarrassing. But uh, yeah, I, I do think the Padres are better set up for, for success than the Dodgers. Yeah, and I, I do wonder if they go after and try to make one of those big moves. Um, but Dodgers without Betts and Bueller is, is tough. And are they, is Betts going to, Betts isn't going to be back for the next series, huh? Cracked ribs, a tough one, man. I mean, I don't know. I'll look at his timeline right now. I'll try and you find it. Maybe DH and that's probably it. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he's on the, on the 10 day IL, but you know how 10 day IELs work. They don't have, they can be on there way longer than 10 days. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's just like the minimum. That's why the Potters didn't want to put, uh, Manny on it. Um, genius. I saw, uh, Devin asked Tatis experiment with air bat swings. How do you guys feel about it? He's been doing it for like a month. I mean, I think it's it's just something that he's been like doing for quite. That's what he said. I don't know if you got if you watched the. He did a little like like a little press conference and he was just explaining uh-huh. it. He's like, yeah, like I've just been kind of swinging. And he's not. He said he was like forty percent. Um, and yeah, there was a video too. Like I don't think it's like it, we shouldn't be like concerned. There's nothing bad about that. Like I think he's just doing that on his own. Um, uh-huh. He's not out there just like going against the team's will and like taking like full on swings against like live pitching or anything like that. So nothing to be concerned about, but I think it's, it's a positive thing that he's working towards. Um, yeah. Um, yeah getting out for that can hit. So Arthur asked this, can we take a minute? Cause we we're just talking about the Dodgers. Can we take a minute to the Dodgers are the MLB equivalent of the Vegas golden Knights. So I don't follow hockey, but I know I this is the case, but I brought, I wanted to bring this up, this comment up because I saw this graphic today that in um, AJ Preller's tenure, in San Diego, the Dodgers have spent $800 million more than the Padres. That's that is brutal, man. Insane, dude. That is so crazy. Um, I actually just found Mookie, what Mookie said. Mookie was saying he only hopes he's out two weeks. Bro, if you're out two weeks with, with a cracked rib, you're you're a man amongst men. I mean, I don't know what else to say. But, man, hey, Manny looked like his leg – fell off i mean i don't know how else to say it um but he didn't hit the il so um, Dude, yeah manny manny and mookie are some tough dudes apparently they that's are, that's crazy they are um sure. dude yeah the whole manny thing that was surprising right because yeah, it dude. looked like his leg like, oh it looked like it snapped dude my, my okay. first thought was no way he just he just broke his ankle same same i looked at it dude and i was like dude this is a football injury that looked like a football injury like his leg, I don't, I don't know. Oh God, sorry. I don't know how how it did that, but I mean, it was super weird. Um, I definitely thought he was done, but really good to see he's okay. Um, what was I gonna say? I was gonna say something, man. Um, was it in the comments? Oh, I wanted to talk about the Angels, bro, because what were you talking about last night, dude? <laughs> how the hell? Do you, uh, that's like saying, look, Otani hits two bombs and they still lose. Bro, he's done. He's done. There's no way he should go back. There's no way he should stay with that team. He should ask for a trade now. The Angels should trade him now. Get the most out of him while they can because there is absolutely no way in hell he's coming back. Now, the thing with this, and I talked to my Angels friends about this, the problem with selling on Otani you get rid of a whole market. The whole Japanese or I don't know where he comes from. I think it's I think it's Japanese. That whole Japanese market is not yours anymore. You are not making any money from them anymore. That is one of the reasons that you see guys like you Darvish have more followers than Mike Trout because of that market. You get so much money from them and essentially that is what some teams are. 
some teams are just very money driven. Otani is one of those guys that gets you a lot of money. Um, so I don't know. I, I think they should sell. I think you can look at it two ways. Do you want the money or do you want to be successful? Because in my opinion, with success, there's still going to be money. Yeah. I, I do. I wonder how it's going to work out. I think, um, and also, I'll say this too. I do not want the Padres to trade for Otani. I'd be Not scared. at all. Not so at all. <laughs> now, I would love if the Padres went and tried to sign Otani. Yeah. I know it's. I know they're going to pay him way too much, but you would have to trade so much either at this deadline or in the off season. Unlikely that they would end up keeping him until next deadline and then dumping him for half half a year. Like that would just be kind of a weird situation. But dude, I would love if they signed him. But if you trade for Shohei Otani, you're going to give up everything. Oh yeah, and you're going to be all in on three guys, and. If you'd go and trade for Shohei Otani, you're probably not keeping Joe Musgrove. So, I don't. I mean, maybe if you even go sign Otani, I don't really know how that'd work out. Um, but if you have Otani and Darvish, dude, you have the Japanese oh, the, market on lock, dude. You you're, are, I, in my opinion, you are the biggest team in baseball. And no, and we talk about it with Kim too, because because yeah, Kim is like, dude, Kim is a a star. Like Kim makes what seven million bucks? Yes. Kim makes the Padres close to that in terms of what they get in like fans in Korea. Um, also, if you notice too, there's a Korean Padres broadcast. Yes, that's wild, they, dude. That's they, wild. They put on, they specifically put on Hassan Kim's at bats in Korea. Sorry, there's a fire truck coming through. <laughs> oh, okay, I got it. Uh, let's see. If the Padres realize they're not going to re-sign Musgrove, will they use them? Oh my God, dude! I forgot to tell you. Okay, I was going. I forgot what I was looking at. There was an Angels fan, and he goes, "If we're not contending this year, or if we need pitching, should we trade Ward, somebody else, and somebody else for Joe Musgrove?" But they were just two other bums. I could not believe my eyes. I could not believe I read that crap. Um. No, we're not trading Joe Musgrove. Um, no, I, I get his, I get what you're saying. Yeah, do like your logic, like of like, oh, if you're not gonna be able to keep him, but I think you would end up moving Nick Martinez or someone else before Joe. Yeah. I think there's a zero percent chance they're even entertaining it. Mm. I, I, I kind of fully expect Joe Musgrove to be back next year. I know he's gonna make a ton of money. Me too. I would find it really hard for the Padres to look at the situation and go, "All right, Joe, we're gonna let you walk. We know that you just want to stay here. You'll probably take way less to to stay in San Diego." Um, but I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I, I could see Nick Martinez. I could yeah. even see Blake Snell as a, as a potential guy too, but Clev doesn't make any sense either. Cause you're, you would get nothing back. Get from nothing. Yeah. I mean, if we weren't contending, if we weren't one of the best teams in baseball right now, then yeah, I, I could, yeah, he has a San Diego tattoo. Dude, he's all in, he's all in bro. Like he wants to be here. Um, if we weren't contending, yeah, I could see us trading him. But uh, he's we're contending. It's not. It's not like an Angels situation. It's not like. Yeah. A, it's nothing like that. It's not like a Pirates situation. We're a good team. Yeah, you you don't want to trade like your like your your ace when you're when you're trying to win a World Series. Yeah, when he's um, when he's almost a guaranteed dub. Yeah, and also for Joe Musgrove too. Like, like, I was trying to think about it. Like, I was thinking about the contract and stuff a, a while back, and I was like, all right, like. Are they going to really be able to get him? Like, how is this going to work out? Dude, if they don't... Okay, I'll tell you guys right now. If Joe Musgrove is not a San Diego Padre in 2023, I think I will rip all of the ownership, everyone, for for months, dude. Because that is abysmal. He is in San Diego, playing for his hometown team, through the first no-hitter, has a San Diego Padres tattoo, talks about how much it means to him, the dude goes out last year. He went out after one of those games where he had a sweet game. It was the, um, the Victor Caratini walk-off was at bars, buying people rounds of drinks. He is literally living his dream. And I, I think I was reading something that basically he kind of told his agent, like, I don't want to deal with this during the season. Like if we get some done, we get some done. If we don't like, we'll figure it out. But this is one of those situations where he's like, look, I want to be here. Let's figure it out. 
they better figure it out. Like he, he's living his dream right now. It's, it's pretty sick to see. Um, and like, I don't know, dude, I would just be shocked if they don't end up hanging on to him. Yeah. I, I think they know from a marketing standpoint, from a team standpoint, every standpoint, he's one of your best chances to make money and win. He, I, I really think he might've taken over the Padres fan base as the favorite player. Cause remember it was probably Tatis. Tatis is probably the fan base's favorite player. Right now, I would honestly bank on it being Joe Musgrove. Maybe when Tatis comes back and he's hitting 450-foot bombs and doing all these cool bat flips and all that, maybe he'll be San Diego's poster boy again. But for right now, it, it, I do think it is Joe Musgrove. Um, that I'm not speaking for myself at all. Fernando's my favorite player. <laughs> but uh, about, about the god himself? Which one? Oh, the hey, bro! It's funny. I was I was actually uh, arguing with my parents because they're my parents' favorite players. Uh, their favorite player is Manny, and I go, uh, my favorite is Fernando. But surprisingly enough, my second favorite is Jake Cronenworth, which sounds it might sound surprising, but bro, I, I love him. I mean, I really love Jake Cronenworth. He, I, I mean, it's only because like this guy came out of nowhere. He was like a twenty-seven-year-old rookie. He probably only had one more chance. I mean, he comes in in a Padre uniform, replacing the guy we hate the most, um, and he balls out. And he's now a staple and one of the stars of this Padres team. Whereas, like, Manny, shit, I hope we got this out of Manny. I knew we were going to get this out of Manny. So, Yeah, uh, yeah those are the expectations. You, yeah, exactly. You're meeting expectations. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also saw this this comment. This is hilarious, Arthur. I remember an episode last season where one of you picked Tommy Famous, your breakout player for a series with, with much hesitation. <laughs> I can just imagine us being like, Tommy Fam? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, we would have to start doing some like breakout player stuff again because those were super fun to do. Yeah, um, except that they've not panned out at all. <laughs> we're like, yo, Trent Grisham. Oh, man, he has a 600 OPS. Look at that. <laughs> Tommy yes. Pham. Tommy Pham is just like the worst player in the league for the first two months. Oh my god. You yeah, guys are, bro, he was are bad. It's hard to like bank on someone to like become better than they 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 have been like, like normal, recently. Yeah, exactly. Um all right, what else we got here? Probably gonna take off in a second. Okay, Arthur, you have another one. Raise when the Austin Meadows trade. Okay, what happened with Austin Meadows? What, what was going on with that? Because I saw some people discussing that. He's at <laughs> sorry, he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Because he um, did he go? No, he went to the race. No, he went, he was on the race before, right? He went to the Tigers, went to the Tigers. Mm, okay, okay, where, where everybody where everybody goes to die, essentially, dude. Yeah, I was, yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought he went, but he was great on the race. No, he was he fantastic, was, yeah, he was definitely really good. This season, he's batting 250 with a 675 OPS. He has like no power, though. That's the thing. That's yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you remember when we were talking about him, it was like. Well, we need power, and he's the guy. Well, these I'm sure you know they got him for power, and he's not been that guy. I think that the Tigers have just been such a dumpster fire. Javier Baez is he might be even worse than Austin Meadows. He's one of the least valuable players in baseball. He's going to go down as like an Eric Hosmer type contract, dude. It's a, I, dude. I didn't really see got paid that much. Yeah, Simeon too. Simeon's yeah, is horrible. Too. Yeah. Now he's Simeon's he's been turning it around, but he literally had like a historic worst start to a massive contract ever but yeah. also his deal doesn't even make any sense like yeah. we talk about hosmer's dude marcus simeon's contract is probably the most egregious contract i've ever seen yeah because they no reasoning behind that none they went and got the wrong guys bro they went and got simeon and Seeger. It's like dude you guys went and got simeon who's who's done this once he's done this once or twice had that kind of season and then Corey seager who's like always injured and is Corey seager good uh, he's not doing good now um is Corey seager good yeah is he crappy defensively also yeah is he injured often also yeah like i don't know they they paid the wrong guys same with the tigers man that javi Baez, everyone knew everyone knew it was just like a a name brand kind of thing you pay for nike but Sometimes you don't get Nike quality. <laughs> yeah, but you're not you're not paying for Nike when you're getting secret. You're getting Simeon, <laughs> bro. <laughs> no, I mean when it happened, it I remember your, I think I think we did a live stream or something and like they had just signed. We're like, yeah, we do not understand what they're trying to do. This makes no, no sense. Um 
I don't know. It's it's interesting to see what I'll go on. Ace, Jake Gronengirth. God, always appreciate the Gronengirth comments, of course. God God is the one. Um, Yeah, Texas is the land of the former Dodgers. Dude, I thought that uh, Kershaw was going to go to the the Rangers, too. No, I did, too. There were definitely heavy reports on that. Uh, Who did they – who did the – Comment at the bottom say to revisit Verdugo. No, no, no. He's saying someone has vertigo. I don't know who it is. Um, the Koger 13. Who has vertigo? I'm talking, talking about, about this one. Oh, let's revisit. And then you put let's. Oh, how has he been? Um, let me see. Let me see. Let me also, see. The, the Red Sox have been a lot better too. So I don't, yeah, I think been it's a lot great. less likely that they'll trade him. Yeah, um, I, I also think the same with Martinez. Um, he's hitting 247 with a 640 OPS. He's essentially the same player that, except for batting average, but he's essentially the same player he's normally been and on base percentage. Um, he's he negative just average, this year. Yeah. He, oh, yeah, I forgot. Like, not that long ago, he was one of the five worst players in baseball. Yeah, he's um, he's kind of – oh, he's having a – dude, he only has a 640 OPS. He's struggling. Wow. Um, Dave, okay, I think last one, then we'll probably take off after this. What did David Peralta trade work? Dude, you know this guy's, I think he's the highest average of active players in the league against the Padres. Oh, yeah, he's a Padre killer, bro. Dude, he's worse than Justin Turner. That's... This man is insane. Um, okay, <laughs> David Peralta, let's see. I'm Who's the other up. guy? Who's the other guy that always kills the Padres? Oh, shoot. I don't know. Any former Padre you could bank on. Yeah. Him. Yeah, that's also true. Peralta's hitting 234 with a 737 OPS. He's hurt right now, though, I think. E, let me see Let's when see. he last Game played. Logs. Yeah. Last time he played. Huh. June. Two days ago? So did yeah, he just so he, yeah, maybe he just some little injury. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his contract? Also, where do I mean I'm not super against it. I just want to see how much he let's see how much he makes. He's a good hitter. He's a good player. Um, last year, uh, I don't know. He honestly he hasn't been that good since 2019. I don't know. Not the biggest fan. I, I think the Padres like, like the, I don't know. I was talking about it before. Like, okay, you can go get like a, a mid tier outfield option. Oh, it's yeah. Charlie Blackman's it's the guy Blackman. too. That yeah, mm. dude, he's ridiculous. That is yeah. yeah. He kills the Padres. Um. Yeah, I, I don't, dude. I don't know. David Peralta is a little tough because I, I had been talking about it before. Like, hey, you can go get a Benintendi, a Hap, but now I'm kind of like torn because I'm like, okay, is it really worth it to get to to go get one of those guys? Maybe Hap if he can play center, but I don't really think up upgrading a corner outfield spot is necessarily where it's at anymore. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, and I don't want I them to go trade for a catcher. No, it's just kind of tough, dude. Like that—that's why I was thinking we we got to do a position video about like trades because I do kind of wonder. Like, I don't know. I I wonder what like like who they'll actually be trying to go for, but I don't know. Not a. I think you you go for the home run. I do. I think this is the year you do uh, it, right? Like, I I think I think you go for the fences. If you don't, if you don't hit it out there, then stick with it. Stick with what you got. Who? What other? I don't know. What other center field options could you go after? I think the fence, um, bro. I don't know. I don't know who's on the market. The market's gonna fluctuate so much because teams are gonna go like on ten game losing streaks, ten game win streaks. Like it's gonna fluctuate heavily. Loriano. Loriano is a good center field option. Yeah. Dude, and I don't know if Jaron's still here. I haven't. I haven't seen him or Jaron. Um. He. Yeah, he only has 130 at bats. He hasn't really looked that good. Dude, he might be the, he might be the move. He might be um, a steal. You could, ooh, could you flop uh, like flip Grisham a little bit more than Grisham for him? Probably. I think they'd probably have to give up a little you more. You think they'd have to give up more? I think they'd have to give up like a Loriano plus a prospect to get Grisham. So and I mean, see. that's not because of my views on Grisham. That's because of what seems like the league's views on Grisham. Yeah. I mean, also, I don't know if you saw this. There's a chart of the Grisham trade, actually. Bro, the Padres won the Grisham trade. Oh, yeah, bro. No, they no did. doubt about it. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Mariano. Oh, he's sucked so far this year. Mm-hmm. He's already 27, too. Yeah. I think he'll still be okay. 
All right, I got you. <laughs> we'll give him Hosmer too. Eat Hosmer. <laughs> um, no, no, that's the last team that would eat Hosmer steal. Definitely. Um, yeah, Devin says Lerano, Benintendi, and Hap. I'm up there with them. Brandon De La Cruz or Brian De La Cruz. Brian De La Cruz, yeah. He's doing good. Last time I checked. Not sure as of now. But. Oh, plays on Miami. Uh, nah. So struggling now? He's in 207. Jeez. How old is he? Oh, oh, hell no. I don't want this guy. <laughs> oh, dude, he's, he's a 66 OPS plus. I want to see Trent Grisham for reference. Uh, you guys can just hear me typing, looking up all these numbers. <laughs> Uh, Trent Grisham. His average is trash. He just, dude. Here's okay. I don't think. Do you ever think Trent Grisham's gonna turn into like a solid hitter? I I don't. I've. He can't hit fastballs, dude. He cannot hit them. Like he got one today. I don't know if you saw it. I think it was in his first. He actually had a pretty solid game today, but he got a fastball eighty-seven, right down the pipe. Because yeah. Bumgarner can't throw for any velocity at this point. Mm-hmm. He has like one of the slowest fastballs in the league. Swing and a miss. And yeah. like it's one pitch, right? But we've seen it be the pattern for so long. Mm-hmm. He I can think... be your nine hitter. Yeah. But like, yeah. If Dude, you're I've platoon... been... oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. I've been I've been preaching him as a nine hitter. I've been like banging the table for this guy as a nine hitter. And I really don't think he's ever going to be like a above average hitter. I think he's going to be average to below average. What saves him is his defense. That's why he's still going to bring value to your team, whatever team he's on. He's going to bring a lot of value on defense. Um, Essentially that's what's going to keep him in a Padres uniform. If he stays in a Padres uniform is that he's starting to get on base a lot more recently, last 30 games, 333, last seven, 300. Um, so he just, like, even when Don and Mudd were talking about it, they were like, what helps out Trent Grisham, though his average is low, is that he just gets on base. So it's like, that's what's saving him. You better keep getting on base and having a good glove. Um, but other than that, I don't I don't really think there's much value outside of that. Yeah. I mean, he could be I a like right hitter. And I like Grisham. Yeah. he had. I mean, he had a rough error the other day, but he rarely makes mistakes like that. Agreed. Um, yeah, I mean, you toss him in the nine hole. Like, I, I don't – that's the other thing. Like, that's what's cool about this Padres deadline. I forget who it was, but they had commented, like, hey, something different about this year compared to last year is that it's not like, oh, the Padres have to go get this guy. You don't have that feeling. If they didn't trade for anyone, it's like, okay, this is still a really good team with a lot of depth. Like, yeah, you might want to upgrade a couple spots, but if you can, it's not the end of the world. So, like, it's not like that. And also, there's so many outfield options, too. So, it's not like there's all that pressure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Trent Grisham is a good defender, so it's a plus. Last year, he had over a three-war. Pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think he's he's good at like bunting now. Yeah, he's he couldn't good at bunt bunting. for shit last year. Oh, my <laughs> God, dude. I wonder what his war is now. I think it's almost a one. So, he's like, It's exactly one. That's one. Yeah, he's on track for a three again. If he gets his bat up, he'll be over a three, which is a pretty solid player, I guess. Yeah. Um, last thing I'll say about Trent. Um, I've been seeing people have been like, oh, Trent's been like, he's been way better. But then they show the numbers, and it's like, what, he's over this like last stretch, he's at a 720 OPS? Like, yeah, like he's been he's been okay. Yeah, like, but it's yeah. not like, oh, he's turning the corner. It's like, no, he's like below average hitter. Like, that's yeah. not like... It's not like, oh, he's bouncing back. So he's been so up and down, though. If he can find some consistency, if he can be – dude, if he could be a little over a 700 OPS, it's not not that bad. But, like, he just – he's been struggling so far this year. Yeah. Um, That's why I think, like, I don't – I think trade deadline, you're not really forced into, like, going after anything super specific, which is is super nice. Yeah, swing swing for the fences or whatever. Yeah, or or you're chilling and you have – you know, money coming off the books in the offseason, you can even get better next year, and you're making a title run this year. So, Agreed. I don't know. I'm, I'm pumped for it, but I think that's probably probably everything I got. Isaac, anything else you want to bring up before we take off? No. All right, guys. Uh, we'll do a, a Phillies preview for tomorrow. We'll On Friday, we'll have some sort of episode out. Not exactly sure what that will be. Um, also, I think tomorrow, if not this weekend, we're going to be starting up a TikTok, so that'll be fun to do. Um, probably do daily content there. Just 
it'll be pretty quick, but it, I think it'll be a fun thing that, that we can kind of add in. And we'll probably also do clips of the podcast as well. Um, but yeah, looking forward to it. This Philly series is a, is a test. The Phillies are in a lot better shape than when the Padres played them earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Isaac, you get to, you get to go tomorrow to the Jay Crow. I'm getting my bobblehead. I'm getting my bobblehead for sure. All right, guys, we'll talk to y'all soon. Um, Phillies preview tomorrow, some video Friday, no video Saturday, Sunday. We'll be doing a live stream again. So we'll talk to you guys all then. So see you soon.